Okay, it's time to commit. 2024 is the year for prioritizing yourself. Begin your new smile journey with Byte, and you could start seeing results in just two to three weeks. Just order your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95 at Byte.com. Byte clear liners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces, plus they offer financing options, accept eligible insurance, and you could pay with your HSA, FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. For the better part of the last decade, science fiction finally evolved from a niche genre into a mainstream staple. And while many people are familiar with the so-called fathers and grandfathers of genre, the women who have been instrumental in creating and shaping the nerdverse have largely gone unrecognized. Until today. I'm Melissa Fixie, and this is Sci-Fi Fangirl's Forgotten Women of Genre, a podcast where we tell the stories of the women who helped some of the most famous fantasy worlds become a reality. We all know how the story usually begins. Once upon a time, a long time ago, well, in 17th century France, that is, there lived a young woman who was largely forgotten by history. Her name was Marie-Catherine Lejamel de Barneville, Baroness de Aulnoy, and we have her, at least in part, to thank for the name given to a very certain type of genre story, fanciful tales she referred to as her conte de fées, or as they're more commonly known, fairy tales. But the woman who coined the term and carved out a new direction in English literature also led a life full of intrigue, betrayal, deception, and there are many conflicting accounts about these events. In some ways, the Countess de Olnoy was a fairy tale all her own, the source of just as much myth as true fact. And if you ask us, it makes for a really thrilling story. Marie-Catherine Lejamel de Barneville was born on October 1st, 1652. Not much of her early childhood is known, but what we do know is that her family was a noble one and fairly wealthy as a result. In 1666, before she had even reached her 14th birthday, her father offered her hand in marriage to a man 30 years her senior, the Baron de Olnoy. As you might expect, the marriage was not a happy one, partly because of the forced arrangement of it all and partly because the Baron himself was widely known for a bad gambling habit. She gave birth to their first child, a daughter, in January 1667, and would later have three more children, all before she even turned 18. But in spite of her less-than-ideal marriage, it seemed Marie Catherine was already turning to stories as an escape from her daily life. In a book that once belonged to her, she recorded her age at the time, 13 years and 8 months, and also wrote... It has been almost 200 years since this book was made, and whoever will have this book should know that it was mine and that it belongs to our house. Reader, if you have my book and I don't know you and you don't appreciate what's inside, I wish you ringworm, scabies, fever, the plague, measles, and a broken neck. May God assist you against my maledictions. But Marie Catherine wasn't just scribbling warnings to people in the pages of her favorite books. She was also conspiring in a very real plot against her husband four years into their marriage. Accounts differ on her level of involvement, but in 1669, the Baron de Aulnoy was accused of high treason by two men, one who was rumored to be Marie Catherine's lover and one who was the lover of her mother. Marie Catherine's husband spent three years in the Bastille, the notorious French prison, before he was finally able to convince the courts that he was innocent. 
As a consequence, the two men who had accused the Baron of treason were executed, and both Marie Catherine and her mother fled the country. According to reports, the Countess managed to escape officers by slipping through a window before seeking sanctuary inside a church. After that, the details get a little murky, but what most historians agree on is that she lived out the next several years traveling around Europe. Later in life, she hinted at the fact that she worked as a spy for France around that same time, which explains a lot considering she was eventually allowed to return there in 1685 when her arrest warrant was waived. By the time she made her way back to France, Marie Catherine didn't seem all that inclined to live out the rest of her life in quiet solitude, not stirring up any trouble or ending up on the wrong side of the law again. No, she decided to make a big splash in the social scene of the day by establishing a salon that she hosted in her home. Gatherings where mostly women and occasionally men could assemble and discuss literature, art, science, politics, and more. These parties, hosted at the Rue Saint-Benoît in Paris, were attended by aristocrats, royalty, and intellectuals alike. But speaking out too publicly against the monarchy, more specifically Louis XIV, was considered an offense that could end up in a beheading. So the Countess and other Salon members would channel their opinions another way. Instead of openly criticizing what was happening in the king's court, they spun their stories by way of fanciful tales, using tropes and characters from old folklore to discuss current events. One of the most frequent guests at Marie Catherine's salon was Charles Perrault, who would become well-known for fantasy for writing some of the most long-lasting fairy tales still told today, Sleeping Beauty, Little Red Riding Hood, Puss in Boots, and Cinderella. Although many of her contemporaries are known for writing stories intended for children, the Countess began publishing books that definitely had more of an adult readership in mind. There were very few specifics around how her career as an author began, but she was very prolific, publishing a total of 12 books, including three memoirs, two collections of fairy tales, and three historical novels that were much closer to satire. She also wrote a series of memoirs about her travels through Madrid and London. Her success as a writer allowed her to financially support not just herself, but her three surviving children. There's no information on whether her husband was still in the picture around this time, but it sounds like she was doing just fine without him anyway. Ultimately, Marie Catherine's fairy tales were what became her most popular and widely read stories, published within the last eight years of her life. The first book was simply called Fairy Tales and held many of the hallmarks of fantasy that we recognize in storytelling today. The Wicked Stepmother, The Handsome Prince Turned Into an Ugly Creature, The Magic Sword Wielded by a Golden King, Enchantments and Challenges That Have to be Conquered in Order to Win True Love. It's clear to see now how many of her original stories were adapted and in some cases may have been directly plagiarized by other authors. But Marie Catherine's stories didn't necessarily follow all the typical beats that we associate these types of fairy tales with today. For one, they were a lot longer and they were definitely not meant for children. When they were translated from the original French in the 18th and 19th century, most of them were shortened or edited to remove parts that were seen as inappropriate for younger audiences. And more often than not, her stories didn't have the one ingredient that all of the most famous fantasy tales do, a happily ever after. After her writing career took off, Marie Catherine gained notice as a historian as well, and was eventually elected as a member of the Academia Galileana, a society in Italy. She is one of the few women ever to receive the honor and was referred to by the name Clio, one of the Greek muses, partly as a reference to her histories. Technically, these writings were pure fictional entertainment, but they echoed a lot of public sentiments of the time and made for popular reading. 
Her actual historical novels about the Franco-Dutch War? Not so much. It seems like most people back then wanted stories that could provide escapism from what was definitely a chaotic time in political history. So apparently some things haven't changed at all. As a forward-thinking woman known for her wit and satirical writings, Marie Catherine was almost a walking magnet for allegations and scandal. But towards the end of her life, she was rumored to have been involved in yet another marriage plot. It wasn't her own this time. In 1699, the Countess's friend, Angelique Decay, was convicted and sentenced to death by beheading for the planned murder of her abusive husband, a man with whom she had been forced into an arranged marriage. The servant who attempted to shoot and kill him under her direction only wounded him instead and was later hanged for his role in the plot. Marie Catherine escaped persecution despite the wide belief that she had been involved somehow, and after her friend Angelique was beheaded, she largely retired from Paris society, quietly living out the rest of her life until her death in 1705. D'Aulnoy essentially birthed a new genre, but hers is usually not the name associated with fairy tales. That honor often goes to creators like Charles Perrault or the Brothers Grimm or Hans Christian Andersen. But the Countess was the one who basically built the path these writers started down on and inspired the sensibility for the fairy tale itself. It's not a surprise that her real life was as exciting as the stories she inspired, full of action, adventure, intrigue, plot, conspiracy, and more. According to Melvin Palmer, who wrote a paper on Dolnoy's life in 1969, Marie Catherine may have done more than any other writer in France, or in England for that matter, to influence the forms and popularity of the modern English novel. Yet chances are many people don't know the full extent of her contributions. So maybe it's time we fix that. Once upon a time, there lived a badass lady in 17th century France. Her name was Marie Catherine, Countess de Aulnoy, and she's the one we have to thank for telling the stories that led to the fairy tales we all know and love today. Forgotten Women of Genre is a production of Sci-Fi Fangirls. Today's episode was written by Carly Lane and read by Alyssa Fixie. You can find the script of this episode and so much more at scififangirls.com. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram at scififangirls. Why? Why? If you Why? have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this Why? a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion.